Hello and welcome to the Player to Prospect podcast. The following episode features a conversation with Mitch Holland, who's an assistant coach and the recruiting coordinator at Loyola Marymount University. If you enjoy the episode, all I ask is that you share with just one person. Word of mouth goes such a long way. So without further ado, let's get to the episode with Mitch Holland. I, I was going to ask uh, before we started going, actually, have you been to Dude Day before? Or are you aware of like Dude Day? I was, I was at Dude Day last year. You were? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Not, were you with was, LMU at the time? Yeah, I was brand new. Because you I, showed up like that past summer, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, due day last summer was my first due day I'd been at. Okay. Uh, uh, and because I was a volunteer for a for a while um, with Irvine, right? With Irvine, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I could never go out. Um, I'd always heard about this due day from the Irvine guys, um, <laughs> but I didn't yeah. I didn't know anything about it. And then, um, yeah, obviously, then I, I got connected with Scotty. Didn't you know Scotty? Oh, you know, dude, Scotty. do I know Scotty? Everybody, oh. everybody knows Scotty. Yeah. Oh my and, gosh. And then yeah, and then his uh, uh his sidekick now, Tate Caraway. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Tate and I kind of not grew up together. I'm a couple years older than him, but um we grew up in the same neighborhood-ish. And, mm. and so I've known him and his brother and his family for a long time. And so okay. uh, it kind of turned into like here's this dude day, but like now it's a little more personal because I know these guys pretty good now. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's a good event, man. No, I'll be, I'll be at it actually. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, um, so it's, I think the first days, my dad was saying the first day is a Sunday. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm in Arizona. The first day is, you know, Clay my, your dad. Clay's your dad. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, so, put, I didn't put that together. I didn't put that together. <laughs> that's awesome. That together. He's, he's awesome. Oh, dude. I mean, I know that like it's it's so funny, like how connected he's become with that college baseball world now. Oh, (laughs) he loves it, though. Like it's it's like his favorite thing to like gather up all you guys and like try to really put on a good show for you guys. And (laughs) I don't know. This will this will actually come out this week and the showcases in a little bit. But he actually purchased a track man for the showcase for the showcase. I mean, obviously, they have some plans with the showcase, like aside yeah. from just the one event. Yeah. So it's a little bit more of like a long term investment. But he was like, I want to provide the best data. I want to, you know, for these players, I want you guys to really be able to evaluate them. And he has, again, so many ideas with it. But he's like, we're going to do this. Like, I'm getting a track man for this showcase. And I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> he has, he's been sending me photos and stuff. And I'm like, that's crazy. Oh, jeez, yes, dad. Scotty <laughs> sent me a random, a random text about like, what do we use? What data? Like that was all my dad. Man, that's pretty funny. That's all my that dad. Makes Bro, sense. They are two peas in a pod because they're, you know, obviously so different in the way that they operate. Yeah. So they actually complement yeah. each other really well. But yeah, Scott, Scotty's like, oh, okay, I need to talk. Yep, I'll go do that. Yep, you just send me on my way, and I'll uh, I'll go get it done. But yeah, that's Dude. that was also that was all my dad to Scotty. Uh, that's yeah. cool. That's, 
That's cool. Yeah, I, I just put it together. I just put it together. That's pretty when funny. When you see us next to each other, you'll be like, okay, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I get I, yeah, you'll see it. You'll see it. And everyone's like, yeah, <laughs> clones, just absolute clones. It's it's uh, an uncanny. Um, but yeah, where was I even going with that? Well, I mean, I guess I was going to bring that up probably a little bit later just because talking about technology and like recruiting and all this stuff, because you are the recruiting coordinator, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah i am i am yeah uh, was that your first position yeah, it, with lmu too yeah my first okay. paid position uh, okay overall you know, yeah i okay. got i have no idea what I'm doing, but <laughs> 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 i mean uh, well that's hey, like no, actually, just, no keep going keep going uh, yeah yeah I, mean, I just uh man, i'm thankful for the position and, and and it's it's an unbelievable opportunity to work at a good school like that. Like I mean, like mm-hmm. LMU. And to to get my first paid position in this spot is is something that I mean can't you can't uh, ask for anything more. So I don't know. It's yeah. it's been crazy. It's been it's been a crazy roller coaster of a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of learning, hitting the ground running, and trying to learn as much as I can. But yeah, and you guys you have had you've had a pretty crazy year and we'll we'll dive into that but the, the like just the role of a recruiting coordinator to me has always kind of sh- like dumbfounded me because i'm thinking there are so many kids how do you guys even narrow it down to who you want it's like wh- how, where do you even start like i i, I don't know <laughs> So when you're like, oh, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm thinking like, doesn't everyone not really have like that great of an idea hope, of what they're doing? Like, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Um, yeah. No, hey, I mean, I think you rely on your connections. You rely on, on mm-hmm. um, I mean, the, the areas that you know primarily. Like I'm from Southern California and know this area pretty well. And, mm-hmm. and over the years have kind of done all levels of baseball here. Um, and so I've, with that, I've made a ton of connections through that of like yeah. knowing the freshman coach at some high school that we happened to play in six years ago when I was the freshman coach. Like, and, and then he texts me a name of, Hey, like this guy's having a good year on varsity as a junior, like you should go and watch him. And, and you kind of start there of, okay, here, here are the guys that I trust, the people that I trust. I think, um, the people that uh know me know us know our program and mm. they have our best interest in mind of like hey like this guy could be a good fit like I, i'm i'm going to battle for this guy and so uh kind of start there and mm. then try to weed it out from there you try to weed out first the the talent level and you evaluate that and then you evaluate the person and and if it's a good fit personality wise and family wise and grades wise i think um, you keep moving on from there, but uh, hey, there are a lot of players and there's a lot of good players. And, and yeah. as you know, like, I mean, there's no perfect recipe to get recruited. Uh, sometimes yeah. you just like have to look good on a good day and, and, or on the right day. And, and, and then it builds from there, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely an interesting, uh, interesting world. It's fun. I mean, it's fun. It's the best job in the world, but it's yeah. an interesting, it's an interesting gig. Cool. It's a fun, it's a fun, but challenging 
Yeah. And you're talking about like player fit to the program too, and how sometimes players just kind of have to get lucky by showing out on the right day. And I feel like it's a lot easier when you have those moments as a player to like, you have a good tournament, a good week, honestly, you know, at a tournament to generate interest, if you can be a good fit as well for like for a team, do you think it's like more important for that player to fit like on a personality level like if there's just no chemistry there with the player and like there's no way that like you really have like a vision of seeing this guy fit in the program does that like how how much does that impact like your decision to say like okay let's keep moving forward with this kid yeah i mean i think it impacts it the most i think it impacts the most because there is such a small margin of difference between talent of players like and Mm. and and you know the finest margin and so what creates the margin is the personality. It's not, it's Mm. not the talent. It's not the, I mean, the tools are there, but there's a lot of players with tools. There's a lot of players that can run. There's a lot of players that can hit. There's a lot of players with arm strength, but like, can we find the best personality fit within what we're trying to build um, to create a team, to create a team versus a group of individual tools. And, and, and I mean, if we have talented players, we have really talented players. And, but I think what ultimately we had a somewhat, I mean, we came up short of what our end goal was, but we had a successful year because I thought our guys played as a team all year and, mm-hmm. and they were building something together and they were working, uh, pulling the same end of the rope as cliche as that is, but they really were like very like-minded individuals. And so, I think that's priority number one is trying to find the right people uh, to bring into our program because if it just takes one to kind of steer the ship the wrong way, and and so uh, yeah, we're ultra we're ultra ultra protective over that, and and I think that's number one for us is is he the right person? Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned too that you guys you know had a good season. You were what twenty one and six or something in conference. I mean, that's. Yeah really impressive and you're talking about how you guys are all kind of pulling on the same rope can you dive into like what that looks like in a team because you just experienced that success in a team and I feel like not a lot of people get to experience that firsthand right right I think the most tangible thing that I can describe is how how consistently our guys showed up every day to work uh whether we were going bad or coming off a, a sweep or coming off of losing two out of three in a barn burners like series, I, I think how consistently they showed up to work every single day showed that like they were in it together. Like there weren't, there weren't guys going in their own direction or there weren't guys going in this direction. Like everybody came to work and like, yeah, we're human. We're, it, it's human nature to maybe show up a little bit lackluster one day or another day, but like, if the group's working together, if the group's working together, like consistent results show up. And, hmm. and so that's what like the most tangible thing for me was that like how consistently these guys showed up every day with, with focus and concentration to do things right. And, and hmm. so, uh, I mean, Hey, we, we had, we had a really successful regular season in conference and it would have been easy to kind of, 
I let off the gas pedal. It's human nature. Hey, we're going good. We're going good. And like, I'm going to go get mine. And it, there was none of that. It was, Hey, we're, we're staying together. We're working together. And like, we're trying to mm. accomplish this goal. And that's what I was most impressed most proud of our guys of was like how they stayed together and, and um, how consistently they showed up to work every day. Do you guys communicate that to your team? Just saying like, guys look like, we're not going to win if you're all in it for yourselves. Like you got to come together and really like, I hate to use the saying again, but kind of pull, pull the same rope. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, coach, coach chose number one message all year. And I don't think I'm spoiling a secret in this, but like it is staying together. Selfishness will kill us. And, and, uh, and it's so true. It's so true. And, and, and so, um, Again, I think that's what we're so proud of our guys about is like they stayed together. They really did. And and um hey, things didn't work out in the conference tournament, but uh, I mean I think in the in the long haul of the regular season, it was impressive how our guys showed up every day. And and um I mean, like I said, the that's what I'm most proud of. The the results took care of themselves and, and it was awesome. It was mm-hmm. when the regular season that was awesome, it was cool, but like I think that shows up longer in life is working together consistently yeah for a long time through ups and downs and and they were able to stay together and they accomplished something pretty cool did you experience any of that like while you were playing because you played at uc irvine right yeah yeah and yeah. I, uh, you're a juco guy right Saddleback. yeah i am also asked about guy. that too oh yeah um hey my uh yes i i think my freshman year in college we at saddleback um we, uh, I think we were overachievers, uh, but I think part of it, and I think it's a good thing that we were overachievers. I think uh, we really played as a team. I think we really bought into like, we, we've got to stay together and like, we have to get the most out of ourselves by playing as a group. Uh, mm-hmm. Other than that, I mean, I was on good teams. We're on good teams, but, and this is not to take anything away from those groups of guys or those teams or or anything like that. I just thought this year was really special was something really different. Um, whereas where, when the season ended, it stung, um, pretty bad in 21 Mm. in 21, I was volunteer at Irvine and, and I I was the, I was the first base coach standing over there, high fiving guys, but like it was, we had some good players and we could pitch and play defense just like kind of the 23 team this year. And, and, um, that group had some senior leadership um, with mm. player of the year that year. Um, we lost in the Stanford regional um, in game seven to Stanford on Monday night. That group was different. That group was special. Uh, so, Hey, I've been lucky to be on some good teams with a lot of good people. Um, I just, mm-hmm. I, I think this year was really special just in terms of how consistently this group came together. And it starts with the players. You mentioned some senior leadership uh, that are that are part of like special teams. Do you guys make that really apparent to your your potential senior leader saying like, hey, you guys are the one really steering the ship on this part? Like this is this is where it starts. You guys are huge impacts on this team. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we can only go so far if the coaches want to go so far, we can only, we can go further if the players want to go further. And, and, yeah. and, and that takes some sacrifice that takes uh, some, 
feelings of, I don't know how to say it, being, you're going to be uncomfortable. You're going to have uncomfortable conversations with your teammates of holding them accountable. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, if we want to be successful, like the core group of our players have to drive this ship forward. We'll keep you on track. We'll keep you on the path mm-hmm. as coaches. We're, we'll kind of be the buffers of, hey, you guys are steering off the, sh- off the path. Like, let's get back on track. But at the end of the day, like the players are kind of the motor that drives it. And, and um, ultimately, I mean, it's – it's it's a people business. I mean, it's a people yeah. business and trying to get the best out of them. And obviously, we can get into that more and more. But uh, I mean, I, like I said, I, our guys, we had senior leadership this year. We had great senior leadership this year. Uh, we had great older player leadership, not just seniors, but uh, experienced. And and I mean, hey, they went through. We went through. They went through a tough year in twenty two. Uh, a really tough year with injuries and, and, and it just didn't go their way completely, but they found a way to kind of gain momentum going into the 23 season. And I think that carried us like they had been through really tough times as a group. And we returned a lot of guys from that 22 team. And then in 23, those same guys returned and, and they had a mission, like they had a goal. And I mean, Hey, my job was easy. I kind of stayed out of their way as a, Hey, this, I'm going to keep you guys on the path, but like, go get it. Go get yeah. it, and like, and and they did a great job. Yeah, and I feel like it. It's got to be a lot simpler for you guys as a coaching staff to return a lot of guys, as opposed to having to bring in a whole new class, show them the ropes, teach them how it's done, and say like, okay, like let's try to really make this work for this one year. Whereas it's you know you might like you said you have you can just sit back and watch the older guys kind of like bringing all the the new guys to show them how it's done themselves. How important is that for you? Like to look like construct the team in that fashion. I mean, it's really important. I mean, that's, I think that leads to sustained success, right? Like there's, there's some continuity to it where uh, you don't have to start over time after time. And, and I mean, I think in a world of transfer portal, uh, it's harder and harder to do. Now I will say, and and we're proud of this, like we're not, our turnover rate is low. I think a lot of it is our guys are, we have a great school. We have a great education. Mm -hmm. We have a great school and guys are like in the school and or into the education, into the school, not just the baseball, right. There's more than just the Mm -hmm. baseball aspect. So, uh, and and I'm, I'm, I don't want to get too sidetracked on that, but with the portal deal, like there is a lot of turnover all all over college baseball, and so so much, uh, so much, and so it's getting harder and harder. And and I think that's why, hey, when you return a lot and you're old, like as a coach, you're thinking, yeah, like we like we've get we're in, we're in a good spot to start. Now that doesn't mean young guys can't come in and impact, and young guys can't help you win. That doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's not what. It means. But just in terms of like where you're, where the starting point is. Uh, if you can start a little bit of a head, like you're, you're pumped as a coach if you're returning guys. And so, uh, so yeah, I mean, Hey, I, I think building a team, you have some balance of old and new and guys who will continue the tra- tradition hopefully throughout, but uh, a lot of it is luck. Things fall into place and guys stay or guys are, guys are, take an extra class or whatever it is like mm-hmm. uh, it, it kind of, you got to get fortunate with the good blend of old guys and new guys. 
And you mentioned the transfer portal. I have a kind of a bone to pick, honestly, with the transfer portal. I mean, just like my experience with it, just watching it from afar, I, I can't seem to find like the real benefit in, in it. At least the way I see it is like the good doesn't really outweigh the bad. But I'm curious as to like what you, you kind of um, what you think of it, but also maybe like how often you pay attention to it and look at players through it. I mean, cause like you said, your turnover rate's not really too big. You guys aren't a team that's always reloading with transfer portal guys. That's not the game plan right now. So like how much time do you even dedicate to, to looking at that thing? I mean, yeah, I, when we're recording this, it's a dead period. So I've been buried in it too much. Uh, yeah, just out yeah, of, yeah, yeah. just out of like, it's, I, I just can't look away from it. I think I'm, I'm kind of, obsessed with it not that we're doing a lot of activity on it it's just more um it's intriguing to me because every player in that portal has a story like has some kind of story and it's wild to me from a from a psychological standpoint like every single guy has a story to to tell and and um and I, i kind of pay attention from maybe some of the guys that i have i mean coached in the past i did travel ball and when I was, when I was a volunteer. And so some of those guys are jumping in there and I think, I wonder what happened there or, or, or some guys from older, like they're, they're graduating and transferring or whatever. It's just inter- mm, interesting yeah, yeah. to me that there's, there's a, there's a story to everybody. I, I mean, Hey, I think there are pros. I think there's guys who um, maybe, I mean, it goes both ways. It's a two way street. Of right? course. I, yeah. I, we can't hammer every player for for going in the portal because he's running from his problems. However, like we can look at ourselves in the mirror too. Like, hey, maybe we just missed on that guy, or maybe like it wasn't a good personality fit. And like, so there's there's benefits to it. I think, and I could be wrong. My opinion would be it kind of started to relieve some backlog of COVID players that were older, and then high school players came up and then now there's just a backlog of too many players. I think I imagine that's kind of where it really started um, Mm -hmm. or the thought process was, but now it's turned into, we're just, I mean, we're taking advantage of it. And it's a little, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know if I have a full opinion on it. It's just, it's an interesting deal. It's an interesting deal that I think can be looked at good and bad. And um, I mean, Hey, we, we benefit from it this past year and uh, we're not looking to bring in a million guys, but uh, if you can fill a hole with a guy and it's a good fit and the guy is trying to come to California or something, I think, I think you can find a good fit from that standpoint, but mm. it's an interesting deal for sure. It's an interesting deal. for sure. Yeah. And then from your position to like kind of defend your players from going into it, because that's another like reality that you guys frankly have to face all the time now is like i forget who said it some other coach on here was like we're like recruiting our own players constantly like we're always trying to keep them here unless you don't want to keep them here and they don't want to stay there then it's like okay well we're not going to force you but right i found that there's or at least i'm i'm assuming a little bit but i feel like this is the case because i've also seen it while i was a player where a freshman just doesn't play, has a bad first year. Maybe they don't mess with the coach. They're not getting the playing time they want. They're like, all right, well, let's just go see if there's a better opportunity somewhere else. And maybe there is, maybe there isn't. But 
I feel like there's a level of like stick to where staying would be so much more beneficial, even if you don't play your freshman year. Cause look, like you're not going to get drafted after your freshman year anyway. So it's like, right. why, why are we like, why do you think players I, are just like itching to jump after that first year of not getting what they want? I think, I mean, I, I think I try to put it in like from my perspective or like yeah, from, yeah. A, from an older, I have, I try to understand like, okay, I'm older. I've been through it. I've seen the other side. Right. And where that's where I can't understand, like, why are you just leaving? Like what, like, why are you just jumping ship? Um, yeah. But as an 18 year old freshman, I mean, I, I can't say I understand. I don't agree with it, but you start piecing it together of like, yeah, there's some, like the, maybe the parents are driving the fort. Maybe the parents are driving there. Somebody else is in his ear of like, Hey, you can go here and play. And, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, like, like I said, we've been lucky enough not to get hit by it too bad, but I do think, um, I mean, Hey, there's, this is a very individualistic sport within a team concept. And, and yeah. it's hard to get guys to buy into a team, a program nowadays. And so, um, I mean, hey, I, I, for us, if, if they don't want to try to help build the LMU program itself and like be invested in it, then we're, we're not going to try to convince you to stay. We want you to stay, but we're not trying mm-hmm. to convince you. And so, yeah. uh, I mean, hey, I, I think it's, it's a slippery slope, man. Like these guys, uh, and like I said, it, it, sometimes it's just a bad fit from the coach standpoint too. Like I'm not, it's not mm-hmm. just all players, but, but I, I do feel like it would serve people a little bit better. Like stick it out. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I went as a player, I was, a, I, I went through, I was the least recruited player in the history of baseball. And so like, <laughs> I, like if a coach even talked to me, I would, I would like, I'd be in heaven. And so, yeah. um, for me, yeah. it's harder to understand people just leaving a Division One baseball program anywhere in the country, like not just at home, anywhere in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for me to fathom it, and I think that's what's so intriguing to me about the portal is there's so many guys leaving, yeah, and there's so many there's so many guys leaving opportunities that I would, I mean, I, as a player, I would have killed to get into, and and so that it's just that's it's the interesting part to me, yeah, and. It's just the the very nature of seeing a kid in a portal at a specific school. It can make you speculate so much, just depending on like that player's ability and you know what you knew about him going in. Like you can you can do so much speculation, and then from different like perspectives as well. If I'm a high school recruit going in, you know, seeing a lot of freshmen going in the transfer portal. If I'm a parent of that player, seeing a lot of kids transfer out, and it's it's just such a, it's a, it's an oddly very powerful piece of information that everyone has access to that to me is like, why, why is this so public? Like part of, part of me is a little bit like surprised at how public this whole thing is. Does that, does that ever like cross your mind where you're like, like, why is this so out there? No, that's a good, I mean, it's a great point. It's a great point because it, I mean, it's public, it's public and, and, I mean, every, I try not to have an ego, but like everybody has an ego and like, yeah, yeah. If a yeah. player is leaving, like, nobody leaves me. Like I'm leaving you. I'm just, but like, but I'm just kidding. But like, but like it, you start thinking, man, guy after guy, 
am I doing something awful? Like, am I a terrible yeah. person? Uh, and then it's public and you, I, people, my buddy who doesn't, has nothing to do with college baseball texts me, Hey, this guy's in the portal. Like, and whatever it is, whatever it is, but I'm just, yeah. I'm kind of being, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's very public. It's very public. And it, and sometimes it's, I just don't think it's fair to anybody. It's not fair to the kid for people to know that he's going in there. But I also think from a coach's perspective, like there's, there's kids that are unfairly leaving programs left and right. And like mm-hmm. for it to be kind of a, a cloud over the program or the coach, like that's not fair because nobody knows the story. It's not like it says so-and-so in the portal from somewhere because he just wanted to leave. Yeah. Yeah. If that like, that's fine. Like I'll, I'm game for that. Or like, because, because the, the program part of ways, like that's, that's fine. And may, might hold people accountable, but mm-hmm. um, for it to just be public and just be generic information, I think that's a little tougher. Yeah. And I always go back. Cause uh, I mean, my situation was pre portal, but I always think about would I have done it differently if I had the portal. So my freshman year, Hurt the entire year. I have thoracic outlet syndrome. I've talked about it on this a couple times right. already. I had my scholarship pulled. So I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do? We were trying to transfer. Right. You know, me and my family were thinking like, okay, what are some like other D1s I would maybe like who have recruited me before? Do I go JUCO? What are we thinking? And every coach I talked to was like, go junior college, get innings. And then we'll start to really evaluate you for your full worth. And I'm thinking, not only was that the best decision I ever made, and thank God I didn't have the portal for that. Um, and that's honestly the conclusion I come to every time I think about it. But right. I'm now thinking about today, how many kids aren't doing that? And you're a JUCO guy yourself. I mean, I don't know. Like, it, JUCO just can be so transformative. And I know mm-hmm. it was for me. So it's just really like discouraging to see guys, you know, one year go into a portal, go to another D1. It's like you could have used that second year maybe to like get some it, really good opportunities coming from a four-year to go it, to a JUCO and play. It kind of hinders some growth. It kind of hinders some growth a little bit of like so just jumping, jumping, jumping. Like, I mean, hey, I – what what JC did you play? I didn't realize that. I played at Santa Barbara City College. So oh, I, oh just, yeah, okay, okay, okay. We actually played Saddleback. I want to say it was it was maybe first or second like series of the year, and we were like, yeah, we got these Saddleback guys, big, big you know, big tough guys. What, year, like, what oh. years were you there? Were you, what years were you there? So I was only there one year. I was there for the twenty nineteen spring of twenty nineteen. Yeah, because my yeah, first you, full season it was Tulane in twenty twenty. So I think you pitched you pitched against us. That's what yeah. I oh, I had to. Have. Yeah, I'm. I pitched. I want to say it was the second game. We had Ian yeah. Churchill, who yeah. I love that kid to death. He, I think he pitched the first game, and then I was. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I remember. That's funny. That's a small world. I remember you pitching against us. <laughs> That's I did. So were you? Like, what was your? I was coaching there? first. I was oh. coaching first. Oh my gosh. Players. Yeah, I was going first. Dude, yeah, it first. is a small world. Isn't that crazy? Small world. I should have small asked about world. that. I didn't oh. know you were coaching there first. I thought you had just yeah. played there. Yeah. Okay. I played and coached there for a year. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, no, but that's I, funny. I, I small. 
Oh yeah. But I loved it there. And it was so important for my growth. And like you're saying, there's just, there's so much missed opportunity there. Oh, it's crazy. 100%. Yeah. Why? Just uh, why? I don't get it. I mean, yeah, I speaking from my experience, it was tough for me to go to a junior college just because I felt like I, I deserved more or I earned more because my grades were good. And like, I did too. Yeah. Yeah. And and then I show up to Saddleback and I'm, I mean, I, yeah, I tried out. They they didn't recruit me to Saddleback. I showed up on their doorstep, tried out. And I was the fourth first baseman on the depth chart to start the fall. And, Mm. and uh, rightfully so, rightfully so. It wasn't like (laughs) I was like some hidden gym. (laughs) Yeah. and and I mean, I grew up and worked, and and things bounced my way, and and I was around good people, and and mm. uh, yeah, I mean, it, it worked out for me. It, it doesn't work out for everybody, but but it, I mean, I think what it does do it pushes guys to be uncomfortable and to grow. I, I think that's for sure what it does. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you you run through this 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 industry um there are a lot of junior college guys a ton of junior college guys especially california junior college but i mean there's junior guys everywhere and and i think i think part of it is that it it instills um i mean hey you it's you got to learn to work in an environment that you don't really want to be in (laughs) like like you got to find a way out and and Mm. and so um it, it instills some work ethic and some, like I said, you can grow versus just kind of jumping away from your problems in the portal. Uh, yeah. You gotta, to impact somewhere, like these guys are going to have to grow somewhere. Like they're going to have to grow and develop somewhere. And so just to jump from place to place, I don't know if that's always the answer. Uh, yeah. Personally. I've always been told that junior college is like a chip builder. It builds this little chip on your shoulder in a way. And I do remember coming into junior college thinking like, okay, yeah, like I have an edge on these guys. I have an edge on a lot of guys who are coming into these other programs in our conference that we're going to play. And they just did, they didn't have to go through the stuff I went through, you know? And it's like, it's just that, it's that edge that, that you just, I I always had it in my mind. I'm like, yeah, I've put in the work. I've kind of, I earned my way here. I mean, I'll bring it up to, I kind of proactively um, got myself recruited to Tulane. Like they didn't know who I was. I was reaching out to them. I was sending them video stats, everything like that. I asked to come visit the school before the season even began. And I've talked about that too, but there's something about that where I'm like, why are more players not doing that? And uh, well, first of all, if you're a portal guy and then you just like want to text a coach saying like, Hey, I want to come here. It's like, Okay, like they either want you or they don't, not based off that freshman year because you probably didn't play a whole lot. But it's like it's so much easier if you can just like go junior college and put up some good numbers and then say, "Hey, I'm interested." It's like, right? Why are we not doing that? Like that experience is just so. And and you're talking about the growth part too. It's like, okay, you didn't do any growing clearly, like your first year, like something something didn't work so it's like you need to like put some time in to like really figure yourself out you know i mean 
do you so like how, how often are you looking at like junior college versus portal because like you said you're in the dead period and you're able to look at the portal and spend a lot of time on yeah. that but junior college i would yeah. imagine it's similar for sure i mean yeah. and we have deep jc ties on our staff just in general coach choke played at santa junior college and mm-hmm. uh i coached it's out played and coached there uh coach hudding uh, coached at Golden West and Cypress. His brother is the head baseball coach at Cypress College, and then okay, yeah. Uh, our volunteer, our volunteer, coached at El Camino, played for a year, and then coached at El Camino for six years. Grant Palmer, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, uh, is Anthony his brother Donatello. Jake? Yep, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yep. Jake from from UCI, and so then, and then our ops guy. AD Anthony Donatella. I mean, he played at LA Mission, and so like all five, all five of us have deep JC ties. So yeah, me to say that uh, we don't look at JCs or recruit them would be a lie. I mean, we're we know the ins and outs of them, and we see them all. It's just more, uh, it's a balancing act of like, okay, do we go on a JC guy now, or what, what's going to come up in the portal? Like we don't know, and so mm-hmm. there's no, I don't there was no strategic of like, let's not go JC to go portal. It wasn't anything like that. It just was kind of how it worked or, or what our needs were at the time. Um, maybe they didn't line up with the players that we were seeing. And so uh, I think that's kind of ultimately what our decisions come down to is at, at that given time, like what do the needs feel like or look like? Yeah. Um, but like I said, I, I, I think there's, there's a fine line. Like if you can find the right portal guy, like if you can find a guy who's kind of been through it or you feel like he's grown or he's about the right things, or he has a background or references that you trust, I think that's different Mm. portal or JC guys. I think um, you kind of know what you're going to get like a little, like they've been through it. They've been through. Yeah. um, Yeah. Less glamorous times. I'll say that less glamorous (laughs) times. And, and, yeah, uh, but then the portal guy's a little more tested sometimes because he's played Division One. I, I there's I don't know. There's no perfect. I think there's good players everywhere. Um, it's just a matter of again, like trying to find the right guys. So, what's this uh, dead period look like for you right now? How long does it last? And and then what's the rest of the summer looking like? We're today. Today's our last day. Today's oh, our last okay, day. Great. So, uh, so we'll get going out tomorrow. The summer starts tomorrow, basically, and so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's a, today's our last day of not being able to go out and recruit. So. Okay, and then uh, it's, yeah, been so, a, it's been so, a dead so, period for like a week. It's been for like a week. Okay, not so not terrible. Yeah, that's not terrible. Not yeah, terrible. but the turnaround for you guys is crazy in terms of you know finish season. What has it been now? A couple weeks, and then bam, you're going out getting the next oh, yeah. round of guys. Yeah, hey, I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's coaches. Finishing their regionals, flying not home. They're flying to Arizona, or they're flying to Florida, or they're flying to Texas. Or uh, I mean, it doesn't doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. And so, yeah. Uh, which hey, that is a good problem to have to fly from a regional straight straight to recruiting. But uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't stop. So uh, I mean, yeah. it's it's part of the fun. It is part of the fun, though. Like I mean. Uh, obviously time away from home isn't great it's not the best thing ever and but at the same time like it, it's a fun job like you get to mm-hmm. go on the road watch baseball 
talk like meet new people try yeah. to grow something it's a it's a fun job it's a fun job it's just it's time to yeah i would think the the kind of inception of video you know into recruiting has like kind of transformed that like how, how often would you say you look at video compared to like going out and seeing a guy yeah i mean hey, i i think we watch a lot of video um see a yeah. ton of video no i don't know how much like we don't make a ton of us personally we, we don't make a ton of decisions off video um interesting meaning, like on guys but i think we start like the, it's a good way to get some leads on guys i think it's a good way to like okay put names on a board of like hey this guy's video looked interesting let's go see him if we have nothing to do on tuesday or something like that yeah um, but other than that like it and, and i think that's part of southern california or being in at least california but but southern california as a university like we have the luxury to kind of go out and see guys and then also return home like i can i can go out and see a guy couple hours away and then I can drive home. Whereas not all coaches get to do that. And and so, no. um, so I don't have to be as strict. I can, I can be a little more, uh, uh, what's the word? Like, I don't have to be as strategic in planning long trips to go see certain guys. Like if a guy pops up and I have nothing to do on a Tuesday, like he's kind of like my pop-up list and I'll just go, I can drive yeah. and go see him. And then, you know what I mean? And so, yeah. This is a long, a long trip away from home trying to strategically plan everything out. So. And it's so funny how that all begins. Like the whole idea of like a pop-up guy is like you're yeah. saying, like your ties just kind of tell you like, hey, just go watch this guy. I think it's not really said a whole lot or enough how important it is for like just any youth player to like make a really good first impression or just any initial sort of like impression, just do something to kind of make someone a little bit higher, your coach, like a parent who knows coaches, like to send that text message, like, yeah, ha- like, yeah. I don't know when, cause it, t- it hit me like n- real late, probably in Juco, it really hit me to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like this, all these relationships I've been building, like, this is what's, it's been making this happen. It's been generating all right. these, you know, these sort of like good sort of uh, reputations, I guess I have. Cause I, right. again, and I'm relating it to like myself a little bit selfishly because yeah, like no. no one at Tulane had really seen me. Um, they had just kind of talked to people and then that's where, yeah. that's where the offer came. They're like, yeah, we just heard it was, we heard you're a good dude. And I was like, I hate what? Like, I didn't realize that's-, that's how it went. It went sometimes like, is that that's oh. I, I feel like mine was a little bit of an anomaly, but is that more of a reality than I'm making it seem? I think so. I think so. I think so. Uh, okay. I, I think Tulane being someone across the country also, yeah, like leads to right, right. Like I, I think. I mean, there's only so many resources. There's only so much time. Like it's mm-hmm. hard to fly to California to see one guy, like, and then fly back, and, and so. Uh, yeah, I think it's more common than you think. I mean, yeah, shoot, that's how that's how I landed at UCI was was like word of mouth, and and so yeah, uh, so I and and I was in their backyard. It's but it wasn't anything that they did. It just I was I'm not a left handed pitcher. Like I was a first baseman, <laughs> like that could kind of hit, not really. But like, but my point, my point yeah. being, my point being is like, like. 
we're two different scenarios. Like left-handed pitch from California to Tulane, like I'll take that chance if I'm if I'm working <laughs> in the country. Like shoot, I yeah, see. Let's do it. But but uh, yeah, at least for us, like we have the luxury of being kind of where I mean where you're from, and so like like mm. it was easier for us to come to see you than a school across the country. And so I do think it's more common mm. uh, than maybe even I know. Uh, because videos, I mean, it's a huge tool. It's a huge tool. Um, yeah. So. It's, it kind yeah, of surprises just, me though. Like it kind of surprised me that like, that happened, honestly. Yeah, yeah. It seems very unlikely. Yeah. I mean, I think, it, I, and again, I don't know the full story, but I imagine they called somebody who they really trust. Mm-hmm. Like there's a circle of people that I really trust that if I, like, I can only speak if I'm in their shoes, if I call somebody in California who I really trust, who I even played for, sure, they, yeah, this is this is a like you won't be disappointed. Like you got to go on this guy, then that's different uh, hmm. versus calling just some random guy or a, a high school coach who I, who doesn't know me. I don't know him. Like he doesn't trust me. And sure, I, yeah. I, I try to trust him, but I I can't really trust him. Trust him, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they must have called like someone in their very tight inner circle and uh, made that decision and it worked out. But uh, yeah. So making good, you know, first impressions, really uh, building steady, like real relationships with the people you're around, like that's important, very important. And we're illustrating that right now. What are some other things players can do right now? And I'm alluding a little bit to this new rule of, you know, now correct me if i'm wrong but you guys aren't really allowed to like be in contact with guys until their what is it fall of junior year yeah yeah like august 1st i should probably know this better of their junior august, year august 1st of their junior year and which so, is insane insane um game changing insane game changer uh game changer now from an lmu standpoint it's not impacting us a ton because we always like we we tend to recruit a little bit later. And, and so, mm-hmm. uh, so like, like we don't have any 25s or 26s committed or um, legally can't, but like, uh, yeah, we, we don't. And so, uh, and part of that is we really take our time in the process of trying to make sure they're the right fit. They're the right people that they want to be at LMU. Uh, hmm. And so, and, and so I think, at least for us in the recruiting process, if players show very, like interest that they want to be at LMU, like that's that says a lot. That speaks a lot, and it's one thing to just say, "Yeah, I'm interested in LMU." It's another to be like, "Yeah, like I want to go there." Yeah, uh, I want to go there. I want to graduate from there. Uh, that's different. That's mm-hmm. different. So, yeah, the 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 young guys getting recruited. I mean, hey, I, I think. Um, Maybe it'll slow it down. Maybe it won't. I, I think uh, I think it's going to be good. It'll give kids a little bit more time to grow as players and like get evaluated for what they'll be closer to, like them being in college, yeah, them being in eighth grade and getting evaluated and us guessing. And and so, um, I mean, yeah, it's a like I said, it kind of goes into the wild wild west of like there's there's a lot of things going on, but. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's ultimately a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. 
a good thing, but like from an LMU standpoint, it doesn't affect us a ton just because, like I said, we kind of move a little bit slower anyway. Yeah. Uh, and so, so yeah, that's kind of where, where we're at with it. Um, yeah. And you're talking about like evaluating sort of like a, the level of interest a player has. I kind of see it as like, okay, this player is going to a third party prospect camp or they're coming to our camp because they show they have interest in our school. Yeah. How important is it for like, or not how important, I know it's important, but is the importance of going to those, you know, school camps going to go up? My dad speculates that it will. Yeah. So I think, I think so. I think, I I mean, that's how we feel about it. Like, yeah, it, it comes up all the time. Like, and he came to camp and he came to camp and he came to camp because I mean, hey, that's a financial investment to come to camp, although it's not mm-hmm. a ton of money in the grand scheme of things, but like there's a financial investment in there. And and so uh, it shows some interest. It shows some interest. And and so, mm-hmm. uh, and for them to invest, hey, I want one school that day to see me. That's basically it. And so, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Time is important. If they're spending their time with you and you're spending their time, you're you're spending your time watching them. I mean, I think that that's a good building block of a relationship. It's just, uh, yeah, camps camps are important. Camps are important, and so, uh, I mean, hey, we usually, we we try to do a good job out of camp because we understand that they want to come here. Like they're very interested in coming to LMU. Yeah. Uh, well, and I I'm trying to think from your guys' perspective too, like you can get a little bit better of an idea of a player being at your camp as opposed to a third-party camp. But how often are you guys telling players who, you know, who they're showing an interest saying, because I I would imagine this doesn't happen a whole lot. How often do you guys say, Hey, look, like we really appreciate the interest. Like you're not, you're just not quite there yet. You know, like it's not there. Like it could be though, you know, it's possible. Like we're not, we're not ready yet to, to pursue, but like, keep working at it yeah i mean yeah, i think um i mean hey, not that we lead everybody on there is there comes time of, hey like we're going to go in a different direction but like i think it depends on the relationship that you have with the kid of like hey, hey mm. maybe um this isn't going to work here or i'm still brand new at this so some of my ties like i have some kids still in high school that i coached on travel ball and like I can have more honest tra- conversations with those guys of like, Hey, like, yeah, it's not going to work here, but like, I think this could be a good fit or you have to do this to keep getting better. That like those kind of like close relationships that I've worked with in the past. But um, I mean, hey, especially when they come to camp and, and stuff like that, we're able to like fully break it down and like give them an honest evaluation. And, and I think the guys who can take the truth, and run with it those guys are going to grow the guys who take the truth and mm. say ah, like i don't need that or like i think lmu coaches are crazy like those guys we don't want those guys anyway we don't want yeah. those guys anyway and so yeah. uh so yeah i mean i i think we do a little bit um mm-hmm. do a little bit of just hey this is what i see this is my eval of you but at the same time i'm not trying to bury bury a guy and like Russia's confidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, no, but but like, there's some value to that for the player, like you said, the ones who can like really take it and like run with it. Because also later on, they might be available again. Like we're yeah. talking about junior college transfer portal guy, they might be there again. And those ties, those ties from a few years back, you might 
You might I, need them. I, my sophomore year, I went to a Stanford like sophomores only camp. Um, oh, I had to have gone to that too. Definitely, it, it wasn't like the the big camp, the awesome like the big good camp. It was, I mean, it was a sophomore only invite, whatever. Hmm. So I go and and I'll, I won't name the coach. He's not coaching anymore, but uh, he told me I was fat and out of shape and. <laughs> And like, I just had a decent camp. Like I was feeling about myself and, and, and he said I wasn't good enough. And, uh, I mean, Hey, that thing's, that stung. I lost a ton of weight my senior year, um, in high school. And I I had been playing football at the time, but I I lost a ton of weight and, and Hmm. kind of changed the trajectory of my career. And I'll never forget that conversation. We were behind something diamond, like kind of, back left behind home plate. Mm. Uh, I'll never forget the conversation. And, and uh, I thought, man, that guy changed my life. Like, yeah, because, because he had a real conversation. And, and I think that was the start of like, I mean, the start of understanding that I guess you have to take criticism and you have to take some, some truth and really grow from it. And that's another thing too, like everyone's like everyone who's getting looked at by division one schools, right? They're probably the best players on their team. Right. And then they get to division one school and they're just not, you're just almost 99% of the time. You're just not going to be one of the best players as soon as you show up as a freshman. So like that reality get hitting some of those players can be so difficult, honestly. I mean, and you know that like, when you see that in your freshman players, maybe they're getting a little discouraged and stuff. Like, how do you like to kind of help them along that way of saying like, Hey, look, like it's okay to feel this way. There's nothing wrong with how you're feeling. This normal. This is normal. Like you're going to feel like you're drowning a little bit and you just oh. got to find a way to tread water, tread water until, until you get to shore a little bit. And, and uh, I mean, it's so normal, like trying mm-hmm. to figure out where do I eat, where's my history class, where's my math class. Like, yeah. When do I, when do I go to the grocery store? When do I, do I get to talk to anybody else outside of the team? And which is yes, but like when, <laughs> or yeah. when do I go work out or, or stuff like that? And there's all these questions that the game speeds up on them. And so, mm-hmm. um, I mean, just trying to encourage them, like, trust me, man, it's going to slow down. You're going to be fine. You just got to take it one thing at a time and like try to try to excel at one thing. You can't excel at all at the social life, baseball and school all at once. You got to excel at pick one and a half of those and try to be. Yeah. Good at to yeah. Start. Oh, to start. man. Yes. Uh, so so I think I think it's I mean, it's a lot. And, and I mean, it goes back to the recruiting process of like we will cross guys off the list if if I get a sniff of guys thinking that they're going to be a big fish in our small pond, like next, because, because honestly they're going to come in and they're going to be like a little fish because our guys are pretty good. And, and, and they don't, they just, it, it's a bad, it's kind of chip on my shoulder of like, do you really, you think you're above us? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and, and guys, kids will say that and they're like, okay, perfect. Next. Oh, I've seen it. I've absolutely seen it. Oh, man. And it's it's funny how it almost never works out, too. And 
I think that's like the, that's probably like why the transfer portal is so important, but it's almost more of like a mental battle, you know, than like really a physical, like your freshman year, right? It's totally way more about like your mindset on things than, you know, whether or not you're able to like get three hits in the scrimmage. Right. Right. And it's, it's what, like when you don't get three hits, are you in the tank or are you able to like go do homework after like get to the next page? Maybe hit or maybe you want to watch some video later or something like that. Like, but you can't just, I don't know. You the mental grind and that's part of growing up too it's It's like it's the compartmentalizing that's what i've been told it's like you got to really learn how to like do that thing and then as soon as it's over just push it to the side and then pick up this new toy and start playing around with it like that's a smarter way of putting it than just getting the homework the next like the next (laughs) hour but like but yeah it's and it's true like like you have to you have to compartmentalize it and like uh, or else you're just going to dwell on, I'm never going to get a hit again, or I'll, I'll never throw a strike again. And yeah, we're play here. And no, hold on. Like we're letting you fail, but you got to keep growing from it. Yeah. And that's one thing I think, like, if we're just going to talk solely baseball, right. Is a lot of players don't even realize coming in and they, they hopefully will start to, um, through whatever medium is telling them this, this podcast is that your coaches are like letting you fail. They want to see you fail when you come in. They want to see you figure out what's going on, come ask for help. And like, it's almost a test, right? hundred percent. You're not the first person to ever fail. <laughs> like, yeah. You're, not. you're yeah. not, you won't be the last. You will not be the last. And, and yeah. so don't lose sight of that. Don't think you're like, bigger than struggling in baseball like you're not so good of a player that you'll never struggle like let's get past that you're gonna struggle mm-hmm. you're gonna struggling like the guys who can get up off the mat and like keep growing and learning mm-hmm. those guys like those are the good players those are the good players the guys i mean like we talked about the margin of skill wise is so little it's so little it's so small mm-hmm. uh, and so guys who can get up off the mat like those are the guys who excel. The guys who can't, they keep dwelling on what has happened or or why aren't things happening for me. Like that's those are the guys who struggle because hmm. the have, skill level, like the skill level, really isn't that different. Yeah, have you found that that's kind of like a separator of like okay, like we have two two very talented guys, very similar, right? This guy's trending this way. This guy's kind of just treading water, kind of like eh. like is it really just that response to to struggle? And kind of the resiliency, hundred percent, hundred percent. I think that's one of the biggest character traits, if not the the biggest. Uh, hmm. It's just the hardest part of how do you evaluate that <laughs> in the recruiting process of like, yeah, how do you, how do you know? And, and yeah, if you, Jack, if you if someone on here tells you the answer, can you tell me immediately? <laughs> because that's what we're trying to find is like, how can we find resilient guys like? Um, yeah, because like ultimately through a long season, a long college baseball, not a pro season, but a long college season, there's ups and downs and those, those ups and downs are very exaggerated because it's a little concentrated. I mean, it's a, it's a 56 game season. So like every bump feels like a huge bump 
every high feels like a huge high, but like the guys who are the most resilient can kind of stay constant and, and, mm-hmm. uh, and stay consistent. And so I, I just think, yeah, if you find that answer, let me know. If you find <laughs> Evaluate guys for resiliency. Well, I mean, uh, cause you work with the hitters too, right? <clears throat> yeah. 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 So, I mean, hitting itself is like, gotta be, the, it's gotta be the, one of the hardest things you can do in any sport, frankly. Yeah. So it's like, just being able to kind of say like, okay, I just struck out three times, but there's probably nothing wrong with my swing or there's probably nothing wrong with what I'm doing physically. It's probably more so of like a, a mental deal. Like just being able to realize that. Right. I feel like is the first step to opening a whole lot of doors. hundred percent. hundred percent. I think, I mean, hey, for us, we're trying to stop the snowball, the snowball, like, the uh, okay. snowball like, like one thing leads to another and you were hitting right-handed on Tuesday and now you're hitting left-handed on Wednesday. Cause you have no idea what's going on. And like, but at the end of the day, like at the end of each at bat, like, can you evaluate and say, did I swing at the pitch I was looking for? Or did I get myself out? Cause a lot of the times like you just get yourself out and like mm. hitting is a lot of how, how little can you get yourself out? Meaning can you be stubborn to a pitch in a certain location and be on time to that single pitch. Mm. Um, when, when guys aren't going good, you find yourself trying to hit everything. And, mm. and yeah, and fastball, oh, wait, this could be a breaking ball, but, and I got to cover it both. Like, no, you don't have to cover both. Like don't cover both be on time to the fat or be on time to the fastball or breaking ball or whatever, like that pitcher requires you to do like depending yeah. on the type of ball. But, um, like I said, if you're, if, yeah, I, I just think guys get swallowed in trying to hit everything. And if you're trying to hit everything, you won't be on time to anything. And and so what we talked about with our guys a little bit of like at the end of each at bat, did you get a pitch that you were looking for? Like that single, did you get a pitch? Like, did you get that pitch? If you didn't, you can kind of like chalk it up and just move it on to the next one. Mm. If you, If you got your pitch and maybe you took it, and then you swung at a slider with one strike, you can probably just chalk it up to you didn't swing at your pitch. Next, it's still not a mechanical thing. Again, obviously mm. with two strikes, it's a little different, but like this is all with less than two strikes. But sure. uh, I mean, hey, if you get your pitch, you swing at it and you foul it back, it's a not a win, but like it's a positive. Yeah. Now, if you do that for 20 straight at bats, like consider, and you can say, "Hey, I got my pitch. I fouled it back twenty straight times. Maybe it's a mechanical thing. Maybe your hands are, maybe like maybe then. But until then, yeah. like, hey, are you are you getting your pitch? Are you looking for it? Are you on time to it? And like putting it in play. And that sounds very conservative of just trying to put it in play, but hmm. it entails that like you're doing a little bit less to like make sure you cover the fastball or cover the slider, right? Hmm. And I when you're on time to the fastball and like you commit to that and you put a good swing on it, that's when the drives happen. And like, that's when good things happen in my opinion. And Hmm. like I I think um, trying to get our guys to commit to one pitch at a time versus not trying to hit everything. And because it's easy Hmm. to fall. fall And so, um, and Hey, I'm not here saying that we had the greatest numbers ever. We have good hitters and our guys did a good job, but I, I'm not saying I, I'm reinventing hitting. I just think 
I'm not smart enough to come up with a more advanced plan and approach. I just want our guys to try to hit one pitch at a time. Yeah. I mean, that is all you can do, I guess, right? It's like you can't just – you can't be hitting everything. Like you said, you can't be hitting everything. You can't. You know? It's hard. <laughs> Hitting's hard. Hitting's yeah. hard. And, and I think when when you're going good – you're you're looking for a fastball and you like recognize a break ball and you swing and you hammer it and you're like man i can hit everything and you fall into that trap of and then you start trying to hit everything more mm. and more and then that's when you get yourself out more and more and more mm. uh, in the swing mode and so trying to balance the aggressiveness versus discipline of like discipline's not swing less discipline swing more in a small zone um, yeah I stole that from people way smarter than me, uh, <laughs> but, but it's true. Like, no, I, I like that. Less, I want guys to swing more like at their pitch and in their zone. And so at pitches that they can handle. So I talked to uh, one of your players, Devin Ornalis. We, oh, yeah. yes. So yeah. my, my brother, him actually, they played on club and everything like that. So like, we kind of know each other, but I had to ask him, I was like, what's your take on this guy? Huh? Like, what do you, what do you got on Mitch? All right. And uh, oh, no. he get, no, he get, he gave me the the best response where I'm like, dude, I'm literally gonna put this in the episode. Like, I, I'm gonna tell him exactly what you said verbatim right now. So, well, I have to say it now, and because it's along these lines of, of what we're talking about. So I have it right here. I'm just gonna read it. <laughs> he goes. I think he's been a great addition to this team and has already made a huge impact on all of us. He's played the game at a high level, so he understands our mindsets when it when we're struggling at the plate and helps us work through it, both mentally and physically. I love how he will tweak something minor in our swings and focuses more on our mindset. He's even told me before that most of the reason guys struggle is not because of their swing or timing, it's because of their mindset. Confidence is key when playing this game, and I think he does a great job of preaching that to us. As far as defense, I didn't work with him, but he's an he's an info coach, but all the infielders talk about how much they love him and how he just understands our thought process being so young, trying to pursue careers within this game. So that's Devin was like, dude, put that in. He he's, I think he's going to like it. And I was like, dude, yeah, of course he's going to love it. And I think, I mean, just hearing that from a player, that should be like an amazing sign to honestly, every listener that's, you know, that's tuning into this thing. But when I heard that, I I knew that you were very in tune with like how important the mental side of the game is, as opposed to saying like, okay, yeah, you struck out three times. Now let's change the swing. Like you're talking about, like, that's not the game plan. It's like, it's probably something up here that you're doing as opposed to something you're doing with your body. I mean, yeah, Dev, Dev is lying to you. So he's, <laughs> he's saying, no, he's don't fall for him. But uh yeah, that's that's cool. That's cool. It, it's cool to hear. Like, I mean, yeah, that is what we like. Try to reach. It's what we try mm-hmm. to still. Now, I will say, if if Dev's hands, if he's like hitting like this one day, I'm gonna I'm gonna blow him up. Be like, hey, dude, let's go back. <laughs> let's be neutral. But sure. um, but with that being said, like, I mean, Dev had a pretty good year, and I think there's more in the tank for him too. Of of he took down the stretch. I thought he committed, and this is just because he, he brought him up, but down the stretch, he did a really good job of being more on time to a pitch. I think he hmm. 
early on he was kind of in defense mode of like trying not to strike out and just trying mm-hmm. to kind of put the ball in play. And I, I think down the stretch, he had a good, good last couple of weeks. And uh, I think it was really because he was start started to commit to like, it's okay to swing and miss early in the count. Like we're not trying to, but like, it's okay to uh, yeah. and, and commit to that. And, and, and he took a stride forward with being better with two strikes. And I think he started to trust himself of like, yeah, I can get to two strikes and I can still hit. Like hmm. I don't have to panic and swing at the first fastball if it's down the way just to not strike out. And so, yeah, uh, yeah that was that was cool. That was cool. But I mean, hey, <laughs> it's it's true. I I think every hitting coach in America can talk about mechanics and do these cool drills and 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 like it's cool. I, it's cool, and I think a lot of guys need that. Uh, me personally, I, I think there's drills for specific guys and, and we try to tailor different drills for different guys based on their needs. Um, hmm. But I, I, at the end of the day, like, can we instill some toughness to our guys of like, okay, I'm over five. I'm not, I don't have to reinvent myself. I'm still, I'm still a good player. And, and, and so, and I still got a chance. I'm still the same guy that went three for three yesterday. Like, I'm going to be okay. Um, yeah. So, and, and yeah, I mean, to keep going, it, it kind of goes into the team concept of like, yeah, it's okay to be a frustrated individually, but like, are we winning? If we're winning, like you're going to, or are we doing okay? Like, are we, are we competing offensively as a unit? Like, mm. Like it kind of minimizes your individual struggles a little bit. Not it doesn't put them away. We don't we don't ignore them, but like it minimizes them so that it doesn't snowball so much either. Um, hmm. So, but yeah, a quick bit. Like I I learned this from a guy who I was luckily to work with for a long time, and uh, he's one of the best to ever do. I won't I don't want to name drop, but he I talked you know. I'll name drop it off after just so you know, but like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I asked him about like one of the first days I worked with him. This was when I was a volunteer at Irvine, uh, kind of work on the side. I was working with some pro guys and, and um, just throwing VP. I wasn't coaching. I was just throwing VP. And, and I asked him one day, I was like, Hey, like how much video do you watch? And he's like zero. He said the only video he watches is him hitting homers in his case, homers like, or his point was good swings. He's like, because when I feel like I'll never get another hit again, I can go back and watch the video. And be like, hey, that's me. I can I can hit a homer. Like that's mm. that's you know, not that far away from it from from like confidence thing and yeah. less like trying to break the swing down. Uh, and I think that's interesting too because video is such it's a it's a great tool, but it also can be something that we get buried in and, and yeah. And snowball into that too. So absolutely, I, I actually did that before starts a lot of the time in college. I would just look at like a highlight reel of myself, or just me like striking guys out, and I'm like, this is like this might be a little bit weird, but it gets me in that right mental state of like, oh yeah, you're the guy. Go attack! Like <laughs> y- you can do it. You know, you, yeah, you're fully capable. Look at what you've done. Like it's it's attainable you know it's kind of like like you're saying like it kind of reaffirms like okay yeah i've done this before like it's not the end of the world that i can't hit at the moment like i can hit though i know i can 
Oh, that's so funny. I mean, when did you realize like in your playing career that or, like this was a little bit more of like a mental thing that you like to focus on? And eventually, you know, once you get into coaching, that's yeah. what you push to your players as opposed to like, hey, let's really dive into the biomechanics of the swing and stuff. Yeah. When uh, when I got to Irvine, okay. I started to the best piece of advice I got from somebody was like not to give them too much credit coming from a junior college and, and not to discredit the players that we had. We have really good players, but like coming from a JC, I was never that good. I wanted to play at the high, but like really I, I just, I didn't want to give them too much credit of like, these guys are good. They're not so much better than me. So, so mm-hmm. my, all of my junior year, I started journaling, journaling after each inner squad. Um, mm. And what I would journal is kind of, I had like this grade breakdown. I would grade each at bat and, mm. and the grades were kind of indicated on kind of what we touched on earlier. It was like, what pitch was I looking for? Did I get that pitch in that at bat? Did I swing at that pitch in that at bat? And then I, did I put it in play in that at bat? Mm. Um, and my grades were kind of indicated on that of like, I didn't get my pitch. I took it. Maybe I walked or maybe I, maybe they got me to two strikes and I fought something off, whatever it is. But, but that's yeah. kind of how I graded it out was like, did I get that pitch? Did I swing at it? Did I put it in play that down the line? And that's kind of when I started really bearing down. on Okay. Like I can tweak things in my swing here or there. I want to get to a good position, but at the end of the day, like if I'm on time to my pitch, I'm going to have success. If I'm not hmm. on pitch, I'm, I'm not going to have success. And so, yeah. So that's kind of where, and that's kind of where it started. And and then it kind of varied from there of like, maybe my pitch isn't a fastball in that situation. Maybe this guy's throwing a million changeups. He's left-handed and throwing a million changeups. Like mm. my pitch then turns into a changeup up. Like, and, and if I go into that and commit to that, and then I grade my at bat based on that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I started kind of grading it out. It was one of, and I didn't – honestly, I didn't really, like – I don't remember if I stole it from stuff. I just kind of started journaling, like, just to keep yeah. myself from snowballing of, like, okay, these were bad at bats today, but it's not because the guy threw three nasty sliders. because he I missed the one fastball he threw to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, the journaling thing is interesting now because I think, like, one thing not a lot of people understand about the journaling thing – or. I like to call it logging too, because you can kind of go back and say like, okay, wait, three months ago, I was doing the same exact thing. Like I probably should be improving in some (laughs) way, shape or form right now. I do, I do like a daily journal too and stuff like that. I'll just go back a couple of months and say like, what was I doing? Like on a day to day, like, was I like, how, how efficient was I today? Like, what was I working on today? Like, like, like I can I can build on this. Right. And if, uh, you know, like people say, like, if you're not, if you're not like, uh, what's the saying? It's like, if you're not gaining, you're, you're like being gained on, or like, if you're not, yeah, you're, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Like along. Yeah. Those- yeah. It's kind of that mentality where you're like, okay, like this logging idea can like really help me concretely see like, okay, am I improving on the things I'm intending to improve on? Right. You know, I mean, shoot, I'd advise a lot of kids to to start doing that, start journaling their at bats and stuff. I think that's a good idea. I don't think I've ever heard someone someone talk about 
uh, doing that. I've heard pitchers, but then again, I'm a pitcher. So I just hear about some pitchers talk about writing down their outings and stuff like that. But it, it stemmed from, I mean, one, not giving too much credit, but two, I, I didn't want, like once I put in the journal of like, I could kind of see, Oh, maybe my day wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Uh, hmm. Or on vice versa, maybe my day wasn't as good as I thought it was. Maybe I swung at the wrong pitch and hit a double down the line on accident. And like, I'm feeling good about myself, but in reality, like the process of swinging at my pitch, like I abandoned it. And for mm. long, long-term success, like that's not going to happen. It's not going to fly. And so, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, hey, I, I, it kind of helped me like stay even keel of like, what am I trying to accomplish? Mm. Um, yeah. You're talking about process too. Like, Oh, we could go in depth yeah. about that. The whole systems and process. I mean, well, that's a, the, it's a big time buzzword, but I mean, there's a lot of, yeah. benefit, there's a lot of benefit to it. So. Yeah. We don't have that much time left. You see <laughs> this? We, we have, cause I know you got to go. I, yeah. I do like asking though, about like you guys personally a little bit. Um, I do. I've, I've got a few questions, you know, I'll keep it really short, but I am curious uh, if you always wanted to be a coach or if you knew you wanted to get into coaching while you were playing. Uh, no. I didn't know. Um, okay. Honestly, I mean, I wanted to play professional baseball and, and my senior year, I thought maybe I'd sign, maybe I wouldn't, I didn't know how, I, I didn't know how it worked. And so, um, coach Gillespie, Mike Gillespie, um, mm-hmm. I, I played for him luckily and I mean, hall of fame coach hall of fame person, um, on senior day, he he asked me like Mitch, what are you doing next year? And I thought to myself, that's probably a sign of me not playing pro ball. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was like, well, I'd like to. Uh. He's like, well, if that doesn't work out, do you want to coach? And I thought, okay, like maybe he's like, and this is pregame. This is like pre senior day. This is like in the dugout pre senior day. Oh, and and he's like, if you want to or if you want to coach, like you can get your master's with us. And so, mm. but okay, like cool skip thinking like, I'm going to play pro ball. Like, I don't thanks. Thanks for anyway, skip. And yeah, um, sure enough, that's what I did. I ended up being a, a graduate assistant for him for two years, um, got my master's and it was the best thing I ever did. And um, mm. it, he was hard to play for, but when I coached for him, he was like a second grandfather, like best friend grandfather. He was unbelievable. Um, and so he's hmm. all fame person, but that's awesome. That's kind of how I started. And I was like, sure, I'll, I'll give this thing a whirl. And like, yeah, yeah I, I went from a GA, I taught his or I taught economics for a semester at, a, at J Sarah high school, um, with coach hmm. Kay down there. And, and, um, I ended up after that going to Saddleback college for a year and then back to Irvine as a volunteer. And so like, I'm, I've been lucky enough to work with work for and work with a lot of good people, especially in Southern California. And, and mm. so, um, yeah, I kind of pinballed my, my way and still then I don't know if I still want to do this. No, I'm just, but, um, I, I mean, that's kind of my, my quick, um, background. That's so funny how it happens too. I, every coach's story is a little bit different. I think that's great. Okay. And we don't have a whole lot of time. I'm going to ask one more thing though, because I'm also like a LA native sort of, yeah. you know, I'm from Oak Park. So I am curious, like what's your 
favorite little food spot that's like close to campus? Do you have one? It's like a go-to too. It's yeah, just like I mean, staple. Uh, there's t- if I want sit down, I'm gonna go to Cinco down the okay. street. Um, and then from LMU, and then uh, off Manchester down there, and then yeah, Benny's Taco, Benny's Tacos for me. Uh, okay, just right on the Loyola and Manchester, right there at the corner. Pretty good. Uh, yeah. You can't go wrong with tacos in Los Angeles. They're good breakfast burritos. Um, oh, it's my kryptonite. Hey, there's a new breakfast spot in the corner called the Nook. That uh, the Nook. Yeah, coach, coach goes or coach has been to once or twice and says it's legit. I haven't been in there yet, but uh, says pretty good. But All right, you, you got any go to down there? You know, I'm trying to think. I mean, every time I was down there, because I I actually went down there a decent amount. Um, one of my best friends from uh, high school, Holden Christian, he he left before you got there. Um, like I would always hang out with him down there. And every time I went down there, we'd go to In-N-Out. I mean, it's his favorite thing, honestly. So we, we would just go to In-N-Out. But yeah, I'm trying to think like what else is down there that I, that I was super into. And I can't, I'm, I mean, there's too many places, honestly. Well, now I think about it. I'm, I'm for, I live further South. Uh, okay. South of Long Beach. And so, Oh yeah. Um, so there's there's some good spots that all hit down here, but when mm-hmm. I'm up near campus, it's it's those two spots mainly. Okay. I see. All right, that's everything I got. I know you got to go soon. So, so this has been awesome, yeah. Mitch. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate you. Uh, this is cool. I think what you're doing for I mean, hopefully high school guys use this as a resource, not just cuz me like the guys you've had on before are awesome and um, you do a good job. And so, I mean, I think there's, there's ways to get good information out there and this is one of them. So, yeah, that's the goal, right? I mean, I'm, we're just trying to let the kids know. I mean, my gosh. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for saying that too. Yeah. Um, and I'll talk to you super, super briefly after we yeah. sign off, but that's going to do it for this episode of player to prospect. And we will see you next week. All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode with Mitch Holland. If you guys enjoyed the episode, which if you're here, then I assume you did, then show some love, you know, whether it's to me or sharing it with someone else, it can go a long way. And yeah, that's all I ask. So hopefully we see you next time sooner rather than later on the Player to Prospect podcast.